Here's what's coming up on today's show. So you can't control the markets, but what you do actually have some destiny over, some control over because of the current tax code is your taxes. But folks, the window is really shrinking. This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial in the San Diego area, and Thomas O'Connell, president of International Financial Advisory Group, Inc. in Rockaway, New Jersey. Together, they'll be keeping retirement happy from coast to coast. Welcome back to another episode of the Retire Happy Podcast. I'm your host on the West Coast, John I. Marino, and I am joined by my esteemed co-host on the East Coast, Mr. Tom O'Connell. Tommy, how you doing? I'm doing great, John. How you doing? Good, good, good. Had uh, We're recording here the day after Mother's Day, so uh, had a great, uh, great Mother's Day with uh, awesome. Bree and then my mom. Awesome, so. awesome. Good. And, uh, you know, it's good to be back on the mic again with you. Uh, I know we we were off for a little while and then we did our, our last show a couple of weeks ago. But I did hear that we got some kudos about our reverse mortgage uh, podcast from uh, Aaron Kennedy, who's a good friend of both yours and I, from her dad, who is a reverse mortgage specialist out there in Boston. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's good. Uh, I'm glad to hear that our stuff is getting out there for folks. Well, and, and even, I mean, the greatest compliment uh, for me on that was, you know, he was he was taking down some some notes. I mean, you have an expert in the industry and and he, he's a very knowledgeable and successful reverse mortgage guy. And he said, you know, he even picked up some good, good, uh, good ideas. So that was that was an awesome compliment. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, today, Tommy, it's just me and you. We're gonna yeah, uh, we're gonna riff a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk. You know, get have uh, people hear what what we have going on, and you know, when we come up with the shows, folks, we always want to come up with great topics, and we're gonna be we'll talk about our next series of things we're going into. But what a lot of people may know or or may not know is that you know, Tom and I belong, both belong to several mastermind and specialty organizations. Tom is an Ed Slot elite advisor and, and you heard, you know, Ed just dote over Tom about how he's been dedicated for over two decades to, you know, the retirement. And um, you know, this year I was accepted into the Academy of Preferred Financial Advisors and and I just got back from their workshop last week. And, you know, it, like Ed Slot being one of the top CPAs in the nation, we were trained by Bob Keebler. And I, I had the chance to sit and talk with Bob Keebler, who, you know, Tommy, this guy's done over close to 250 private letter rulings from the IRS. And he's just- That's crazy. One of the most respected CPAs. But to really just kind of learn, you know, these complex topics that we just continue to see not be addressed in retirees. Right. So in talking with that, you know, Tom and I said, you know, in this, before we start our next segment, let, let's chop it up. Let's share our knowledge about some of the biggest money mistakes that uh, is happening in today's uh, world of retirement planning, whether it's with people who have advisors who may be focused on accumulation or that, you know, are do-it-yourselfers. And, you know, there's been studies over the years that 
have said, Tommy, that people are overconfident in their abilities to manage their retirement because mm-hmm. during the accumulation years, and, we, and we've talked about this before, you have to work hard, you have to go without, you have to sacrifice, you have to build up that nest egg. But in reality, there's a lot of there's a lot less moving parts, right? You have your paycheck from your job. That's your peace of mind that you can pay your bills. And your 401k, the money's just automatically growing in there because you're 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 doing what you're supposed to do. And your money's growing because you're able to let it sit there and you're able to let it grow through good or bad times. You're able to stay the course. And, you know, part of the studies in behavioral finance have, have shown that when they go into retirement, they're not changing the, their approach. And, you know, folks, just with with anything and, and pre, pre-show, Tommy and I were talking about uh, health and working out because that's going to be our next series. And and I shared a story with Tommy how I, I, I went and I played one softball game three weeks ago with my wife's team. And they were all excited because I played baseball and softball at higher levels. And, you know, I, I, Tommy, I got that first base hit and then I went to third and, and, and I go full bore at everything. And they went to go tag me and I slid to avoid a tag. And I felt that I got kicked in the chest by an MMA fighter and pulled what was called your intercostal muscle, the muscle in between your ribs. And where I'm going with this story is, I'm going on 47 and I'm still playing the game like I'm in my 20s. And now I'm paying for it. Here we are right. four weeks later. I'm still dealing with the injury. Uh, you don't bounce back from injuries as, as fast, but you have to look at retirement the same way. You don't do things, you know, when, when you're in your 20s and you're single, it's a whole different game than when you're married or you're raising kids. Your life changes. And, and, People need to kind of take that same approach to your life is different when you're retired. Yeah. So, I mean, two things with that. Um, and we've used this analogy over and over again in our conversations uh, with uh, on air here and with our clients is um, I use the mountain climbing analogy where 85, per, you know, getting to the summit is great, but 85% of all deaths are 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 happening on the way down. So your approach, just like you're saying, your approach has to be completely different on your way down than on your way up. Going up, not that it's easy, but there's less risk, right? Going up because when you're coming down, you're tired, you're drained, you're running out of time. You might be hungry because you didn't eat or hydrate as well on the way up because of the because of the altitude and just natural occurrences. So coming down becomes much more risky, and that's the same with retirement. Getting there, as you said, is is just half the battle, but it's probably the easiest half of the battle. When the markets are down 30% and you still have to take X percent out of your portfolio, you just lost opportunity. You just, you just cut years off of your, uh, your ability for your portfolio to continue uh, to grow for you. Right, so we have we have to look at things just differently, like you were saying, than when you're twenty, twenty five, or thirty. The second thing is the second thing is is 
we use a, we use a program called Riskalyze, both of us, to find out what our clients' investment risk tolerances and things like that, and then we're able to map their portfolio. And how many times, percentage wise, would you say their portfolio never matches what they they say their risk tolerance is? I would, my experience, probably eighty to eighty five percent, and it's never on the better side of it, meaning that. Most of these people, when they're answering these questions, are coming in with a risk tolerance, you know, conservative, moderately conservative. But then when we plug in their portfolio holdings, they're they have a portfolio of a twenty five or a thirty year old. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably be nine and ten. And and even in those cases, I think the great thing that Riskalyze does is, you know, I, I think people get a little bit numb to percentages. Like they hear, oh, well, you know, you you should be able to withstand. 30%. I, I don't know any client and truly any prospect in retirement that's been able to withstand 30%. They may say that. But then even those people that said, yeah, you know, I can lose 30%. That's that's what the market does. And then you plug it into Riskalyze. The one thing I love, Tommy, Riskalyze does is say, okay, you would have lost $375,000, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's where I think the rubber really meets the road with a lot of people. Yeah, um, then uh, when you, but people don't realize if you lose 30%, you got to make 50 or 60% back just to break even. And then if you're, if you're taking money out of that, of that account while it's trying to either recuperate or on its way down, it's mathematically impossible for you to get back to even, even. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and I love your, I love the, the, the hiking, the mountaineer. Uh, example, I've used it a lot. And if anyone can talk about climbing mountains, it's Tom, because you've what climbed Kilimanjaro, you've been up to the base camp of Everest. So, mm-hmm. um, but definitely, you know, phenomenal. And it's actually an analogy I got from Tommy. And um, so great, great point. So Tom, let's start looking at this list. Uh, that was sure. 20 different ways that people make mistakes in retirement planning. So um, just coming back from the APFA, and I know Ed Slot's always talking about this, but the huge thing was ignoring the future tax com- implications of your retirement savings, right? This is, yeah, this is the, probably your largest expense in yeah. retirement. Absolutely. And no one's, in my opinion, I won't say no one, but a vast majority of people aren't doing the proper planning. And listen, folks, we've got politicians that are, I think, you know, in the, in the last decade, we can obviously see that our politicians aren't running the country for the best interest of the country. And, you know, we've got over $30 trillion of debt, um, and it's just conflict after conflict, circus show after circus show. And what's becoming more apparent is that the politicians are just becoming self-serving. And, you know, unfortunately, we as the taxpayers are going to pay the price for this self-serving and this incompetence and this not getting anything done attitude. Well, Um, you're using a future tense. uh, And what I would say is it's already happening. Yeah. Yeah, you're true. Great, great correction on that. So- the tax implications of your retirement savings. Let's break it down simply. Simply, Tommy, 
would you say that the vast majority of people that come into your office have 90 plus percent of their wealth in tax deferred accounts? So 401k, 457bs, IRAs. Of their investment wealth, yes. Yes. So we, I, you know, we deal with higher net worth people. So we're seeing people with million, $2 million in an IRA. And mm-hmm. guess what? Just like Tommy said, you've done a phenomenal job. Getting to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro or even the base camp of Everest is no easy task. You went, you, you, you know, and as one client had told me, I didn't buy the boats. I didn't do the, I didn't, you know, buy new cars, you know, every couple of years. I really focused on saving for retirement. Great. And you did a great job. You have $2 million. But guess what? You don't have $2 million. Nope. You have the IRS as your silent business partner. And, and it's yep. sometimes between the feds and the states, that million dollars can be closer down, down to $1 million. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the difference between the tax code and retirement and the tax code working is, well, you have your ordinary income tax bracket when you're working, and that's largely, largely focused on your income which gives you peace of mind. And you can control some of your taxes based on, well, you know, we're going to contribute to a 401k or, or, or a Roth, right? So you either have, you know, something that's going to give you a deduction or not. You also have the ability to itemize because you might have kids and, and you might, you know, have a bunch of other things where you can get itemized deductions. Well, now in retirement, Tommy, right? Most people are claiming standard. Vast majority. And people aren't aware that your Social Security starts out at not being taxed, then goes up to 85% of it being subject to taxed. At whatever income tax bracket you're at. Yeah. People don't understand required minimum distributions. And Mm -hmm. folks don't, they just talked about this. Bob Keebler just talked about, don't get sucked into the RMD age being now extended to 73 and 75, that that's a good thing. It's not. Right. It's a way for the government to go, well, they'll just keep on kicking the can down the road. They're not going to address the tax savings and we'll be able to gain more tax dollars. And guess what? Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, in our last conversation with Ed Slott, even he says that this is not an advantageous for the retiree because the the government knows that at 73, you're going to have to take more money, shell out more money out of your out of your accounts, which means more tax dollars. So it, it's not to help the average Joe like you and I and our clients. It, it's to generate more income for the government. Yeah. And they also know that the older you get, what happens? Life, right? The older you get, you're just one day closer to death. Yes, that sounds incredibly insensitive and morbid, but it's the truth. Right. So let's take this from an empathetic point of view is what happens if you or your spouse dies? Well, now you just entered into what's called the widow tax. That first year, you can claim married filing jointly, not only on your income taxes, but on your Social Security and your Medicare. And Medicare is, in my opinion, the worst tax of them all. Because if you go over that Medicare bracket by just $1, it shoots you up into a whole nother taxation. Whereas ordinary income tax, that $1, you just pay, 
you know, the, the tax, tax rate on at that, that dollar. dollar. So now you're the widow tax, so you get one year of that tax, taxation at married, filing jointly, then you go to single filer. And it's a huge, huge tax bump. So mm-hmm. they understand that. They also understand that if both of you pass, you pass the taxes along to your children who are potentially in higher tax brackets than you and now are forced to take this money out if if it's, you know, um, I, I would say properly managed within a 10-year period, right? And there's some very, there's we're not going to get into the complexities of it, but if it's not properly set up, it could be five years. And who are you making the biggest beneficiary of your IRA? The government. government. So yeah, think about that. So you have three kids and you got a million dollars saved in your retirement plan. IRA, 401k, combination, whatever it is, right? Got a million bucks. For easy math, let's say it's a million two, and you're going to give each of your kids equal amount. That's 400,000. Well, 400,000, again, either has to come out in five years or in 10 years, depending on what happens. But at some point, your, your kids are going to have to take all of that money out, which could put them in the high, highest tax bracket or a higher tax bracket than they already are. So simple math between, I, I mean, the I know New Jersey and California have similar state tax numbers, right? Mm-hmm. But let's call it 30, 35% federal tax. And then another easy math, we'll, we'll say 10%, right? So now you're talking about 40% tax on that. So 40% is $400,000 that goes to the government. Now, 800000 is divvied up between your kids, right? So the government is going to get 400000 and each of your kids are going to get about, what, 250000 Yep. Right? That's the math. That's the real realism of it. Now, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here and say a lot of our competition, working at the big wirehouses and so forth, the standard conversation that they have with clients is, well, we're going to show you how to invest, how to invest, how to invest. We're going to get you 1% more, blah, blah, blah. But we can't talk about taxes. Well, you know what? The minute they start talking about your IRA, they're talking about taxes. Yeah. But they just, they're not trained. The vast majority, I can't say, you know, I'm making very general statement and I'm sure we'll get some hate mail, but, you know, most of them have no idea about how to actually do tax planning. Mm-hmm. With their clients' money, yeah. And to the broker, you know, to to their to their defense, a lot of these big warehouse firms do not even allow them to talk about taxes. And and folks, there's such a huge difference. Ed Slot, CPA, Bob Keebler, CPA, both whom Tommy and I study under, they will tell you that CPAs are. Scorekeepers and historians. Oh, yeah. Right? Ed says that all the time. Their niche is not doing proactive tax plan for the vast majority of people, right? But these big warehouse firms do not want to even look at any sense of liability to have their brokers talk about taxes. And, And to me, there's actually more liability in that because- Right. You're not, you're not, you're just blowing up a person's IRA saying, Hey, we're just going to keep on growing this. Take your social security. Now we'll just keep growing this. What are you doing? 
you're just building a larger tax bill. You're not being tax efficient. Mm -hmm. And even more so in non-retirement accounts. And I have people that have a lot of money in non-retirement accounts and their concerns are taxes. And I literally had a a former advisor of a, a current client now say, don't worry about taxes. I'm making you money. Well, they were paying $50,000 a year. They were exposed to $50,000 a year in capital gains taxes on mutual funds that they weren't even taking distributions from. And what do we always say? It's not what you make, it's what you keep. Absolutely. Exactly. So folks, you cannot ignore taxes. And and I know, I know people will say, well, it's really a kick the can down the road subject. But there's things you can't control. You can't control the markets. Don't try to control the markets because you will fail. That's called market timing. So you can't control the markets, but what you do actually have some destiny over, some control over because of the current tax code is your taxes. But folks, the window is really shrinking, right? The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expires December 31st, 2025. We, in, in my opinion, Tommy, I know probably your opinion also because of our conversations that this is really the golden era to do some tax planning because not only will the tax brackets go up and they're already talking about getting rid of that the tax bracket would go from 32 to 39 percent just getting rid of the 35 percent but a lot of people aren't talking about the fact that not only will taxes go back to 2017 limits but so will the AMT levels. And that's just going to wreak so much havoc on people who want to do proactive things but are kicking the can down the road because AMT will go back down to under $200,000 for a married couple from a million dollars. So hey, there's a, there's a lot of changes they're talking about, at which at some level they're, they are going to change too, right? So um, they're talking about making capital gains ordinary income. Yeah, or or the capital gain tax at ordinary income levels, so that's one change that people are going to possibly potentially lose out on. The other thing is, is even if they don't change rates, marginal rates dramatically, what they always do is take stuff away. They take away credits, exemptions, exclusions, so on and so forth. So that they are squeezing your your effective and your marginal rates closer and closer together, right? So, so you will end up paying more in taxes, possibly, even if there is no increase say, in marginal tax rates, because they're going to take something away. One of the examples is the uh, exemption or exclusion you get for property taxes, right? They, in 2000 and what, 18, six, six, 17, when, when the Trump Tax Act was passed, they cut it to $10,000 that you could write off. I know in California, again, like New Jersey, there's a lot of people with much higher property taxes than that yeah. who have lost out on this exemption, right? And- that's what they're going to continue to do. They're going to continue to take things away. Look, in, in Canada, you cannot write off your mortgage interest. And at some point in time, we're, 30 trillion, we're over $30 trillion in debt with over $300 trillion of unfunded liabilities. I can assure you at some point, they're going to take that away too, along with lots of other things. 
Yeah, I mean, it's you know, what does Ed always say? It's it's simple it's math. math. It's math. That's it. It's right. Simple and math. the bill's gonna yep. come due. Yep. And you know, uh, and we, we're spending a lot of time on this, folks, because this to me is one of the biggest existential threats to our clients and our listeners' future. And you know, we we as a nation cannot continue on the the course we do. And, and unfortunately, right. Politicians aren't getting held accountable for their negligence. And what's going to happen is the bailout is going to be through taxes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have control over it. No one likes paying taxes, but would you rather pay taxes at a rate you understand and you feel comfortable with and at a bill you understand and you know, or are you just going to keep on living on a hope and prayer that, you know, we're going to stay in the lowest tax rates in history? I mean, just like with the market, Tommy, when are we at the highest point of financial risk in the markets? When the markets when are you- at all-time highs, right? Right. Yeah. Well, you got to flip it on its head with taxes. Could, could taxes go much lower? I guess if someone wants to win some votes, but how much lower can they really go, Tommy? <laughs> you know, were they going to put the ten percent bracket down to to five percent? I mean, that's mathematically impossible. Yeah. So, so even that, if taxes that, yeah. went lower, you could. It's a couple percentage. Now, on the flip side, Tom, how high could taxes go? Well, statistically speaking, in the in right after World War II, they went up to ninety percent. Uh, the highest tax bracket, and throughout the decade of the '70s, the highest tax bracket was seventy percent. So they could go up to ninety percent again. Yeah, and, and don't think that people aren't talking about it because turn on the news and you have Congress people, you have senators, all saying that the vast majority, the people with the wealth, are not paying their fair share, which is. Again, you know, we can go on a tangent all day long about what a crock that is, but don't think that people aren't talking about it because they are. And, you know, I I have a feeling this is going to be our only topic for today, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah, we're going to probably have to switch that, (laughs) switch a topic. (laughs) But, um, you know, what's one of the most common statements I hear from prospective clients is, well, I'm going to retire in a lower tax bracket. And my first question is, why would you want to do that? Yeah. I understand that you want to pay less in taxes, but if you're living in a lower tax bracket, that means you're bringing in less what? Money. Income, right? Which means that you're living in a lower a lower standard of living than what you were during your working years. And is that what your objective has been for the last 40 years of saving and sacrificing so that you could live less than you're living today? Yeah. Right. So the thought process is is backwards. And and that's what you and I are always out there preaching, if you will. Uh, you know, we have to look at this in a different light. And again, our first comment on this topic is taxes are going to be your biz- biggest expense in retirement, bar none. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Tommy, the only the only way to, to counter, you know, in the kind of actually not counter, but build on you. The only way you're going to live in a lower tax bracket to write your, to live your retirement dream, which is hopefully, you know, in, 
enjoying and doing things and experiencing things that you couldn't do during your working years is to go against the, uh, you know, the quote unquote financial advisors or the, just the, the investment guys advice to pay off your mortgage. Right. right. Because well, that's, look, you know, yeah. you got to the only way you're going to be in a lower tax bracket and enjoying the, the retirement dream that you want is you, you're not going to be able to have any debt. So you don't have to withdraw money to pay off those bills. And, do, and doing the type of planning that we offer to our clients. So our whole goal is to actually reduce the taxes that you're paying, but hopefully allow you to maintain the lifestyle that you are accustomed to or want. So we're, you know, uh, David McKnight, The Power of Zero, someone that both of us read and, and listen to and watch his podcasts as well. And uh, uh, we've taken his advice and worked with clients and so on and so forth. Sure, uh, we're trying to get you into a lower tax bracket. That, you know, that's, that, that is one of our objectives, but it shouldn't be a goal to live in a lower lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're 30 minutes into this show, Tommy. <laughs> that's, but that's how important this that's is. That's how important taxes are. I mean, why not spend half the show? And we're going to get through the list. That's, we're, we're, we're not going to be able to do well, this. Well, let's pick one yeah. or two more. So, you know, but that's how important it is. That's how important taxes are. And, yeah. you know, following the 80-20 principle that really a lot of business owners use, a lot of you know, motivational speakers use is people always focus on the 80% noise, right? Now, we're not saying that 80% isn't, isn't important, but for a lot of it, in the true sense, it's, it's noise. And, and what I find is that people focus on the 80% of just being the investments. Right. And I they use get, uh yeah, you use the iceberg analogy, right? 10% yeah. is above water, 90% below water. Your taxes are the thing that's below the water because nobody wants to talk about it. Yep. And it's the stuff that does the most damage. Right. And, um, you know, again, you know, maybe a lot of big firms don't like talking about taxes because it really doesn't make them money. Exactly. Um, but that's not what we're into. We're into helping you. We want to have the positive impact on your lives. And, you know, that's, you know, for, for me and you, and, and I can definitely say this, even though you've never said it to me, you've been one of my mentors, my whole 10 plus years. You were one of the first people uh, that I embraced and I gravitated to when I started out in this industry. And, and just in your planning alone, you've, you've had the same principles of me as, Plan for the client first, and then you will be taken care of financially. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, unfortunately, that's, that's not always the mantra. Um, you know, mm -hmm. there's tons of, I'm not going to say there, there's lots and lots of good advisors. And I think the vast majority sure. of advisors are good, but you have to identify that. And you have to identify that if your advisor is just focusing on investments, that was right for a certain point of your life called the accumulation. But in retirement, too many pitfalls. So let's move on. All right. So let's go to income planning because we can actually wrap a couple of these up uh, on income planning. Number okay. one, uh, Gary Reed, one of our, both of our mentors mm -hmm. um, and one of the leads to our, our mastermind group had a great, great uh, comment. 
or great quote. He used to say, you know, you build your wealth with assets, but in retirement, you don't live off assets. You live off income. Right. And what we really want to do in retirement is replicate what you had during your pay, your, your employment years. And that is giving you a predictable and sustainable income, a, a paycheck, you know, that you know will be there. So retirement is not about rates of return. I will repeat that. It's not about rates of return. Yes, we would all love double digit rates of return. I would love to get my clients double digits rates of return, but it's really about focusing on goals and income, right? Tommy, how to efficiently come up with an income? Because Tommy, let me ask you a question. 30 years of business, you've been you've been in this business. Have you seen people and you've literally taken people through retirements? right through their Correct. through their whole course of retirements was it those people that focused on the rate of return that was hey i want that 8 or 9% rate of return were those the people who had the most success the most peace of mind and the most happiness or were they the people that said i want a reasonable rate of return right a re- return that will outpace inflation and keep my money, you know, a dollar worth a dollar or more in 10 years. And was it those people that efficiently developed an income stream that was predictable and sustainable? And by efficient, I mean, they use the least amount of money to produce the largest income stream. Yeah, that's an easy one. So the people who wake up on January 1st of every year and know that all or the vast majority of their bills are going to be paid through income. They're the, when you wake up on January 1st, knowing that for the next 365 days, your bills are taken care of, how can you not be happy? How can you not be relaxed? How can you not enjoy yourself? You know, Tom Hegna, who wrote Paychecks and Playchecks, and again, another person that you and I have watched, learned from, heard talk. I've spoken on the same platform as him in the past. One of his lines is that in retirement, every day is a Saturday. And what is what day of the week do you spend your most money? Saturday. Saturday, right? So knowing that your bills are paid from your income, and then you have this other pot of money, this other capital pool to draw from for the other things that you have in life, I, I mean, there's no better peace of mind in retirement in my mind. And like you said, it's it's not about what I earned on my portfolio this year. It's about, hey, my bills are paid. Yeah. Yeah. And and income and taxes go hand in hand. Sure. Right. And, you know, Tommy, what's the what's the the mantra we see all the time from, you know, uh, investment, you know, only type of focus advisors or, or, you know, even some of the podcasts we listen to where they're just taught, you know, you can, you can, you know, that these people are not comprehensive financial planners because they're just blanketing everything. Nothing is a blanket. Nothing can be, yes, you have to speak in general terms, but when you're talking to other financial advisors say, Hey, this is how you tell, take out your client's money, taxable, tax deferred, tax-free. I mean, uh, 
yeah, their typical answer is a little bit from ever from all of them, right? The other the other typical piece of advice is max out your four hundred one k, get that tax deduction. You're not getting you're not getting a tax break by doing that. I wish people would understand that. All you're getting is a postponement of taxes, which we all agree, meaning you and I so far, John, that taxes are going to be higher in the future. So what are you doing? You're postponing a tax on a greater amount of money if your advisor can help you grow your portfolio into the future when tax rates are going to be higher. Yeah. Where's the logic in that? Yeah. Now, now I'm not saying don't get a match or anything like that, but think about it. The more you put into that plan, the more you're compounding your tax problem. You're not making it better. Yep. Yeah. And you know, some of the coolest conversations I've actually had in the last couple of years have been with with friends who have just said, Hey, you know, what do you think I should do? Yeah, they're they're not clients. They're just hey, you know, they're they're calling me up, hey, I just could really use your advice on this. And you know, some of them are high income earners said, Well, you know, you're gonna have to I get it. You, you've got to, you, your situation is where you have to defer some of the tax. And, you know, and, and the ultimate goal is, yes, we'd all love to be, not have any money in an IRA and have it all in a Roth IRA, but you don't have to be like that, right? You just, you, you need to have a, a smart approach to it. And even like, you know, when I talk to young recruits, the, uh, you know, the police department asked me to go talk for free to young recruits. And I tell them, listen, right now you should be putting all your money in for a Roth 401k or the Roth 457b in their case, because you're at the lowest tax bracket you're going to be in your career. Right. Then you yep. can build up that other money later. But you know, you have to you have to realize, folks, you have to develop an income stream. And you know, one of the the softwares we use, right? Income, you know, our our income software, Tommy, literally helps analyze where in the most tax efficient manner where we are going to pull our clients money from each year. Mm -hmm. So right. um, you need to be able to make your income stream predictable, sustainable, right? To where you're not stressing out during the COVID crash or during 2022 that you're not having to take a pay cut. You know, the money's there, you know, you can pay your bills and you have the ability to stay the course of your plan. Right. And that that money is going to be predictable, it's going to be sustainable, and it's going to last you throughout your retirement. And don't shortchange how long you're going to live because there's only one person who knows how long you're going to live. Yep. And that's the guy up in the sky, yep. right? We don't know if we're going to, our retirement's going to be one year or 40 years. Yeah. So, you know, when I see plans, people planning to age 80 or 85, Man, when someone's age 86, I cannot have that phone conversation. Whoops. Yeah. You're out of money. Time to go back and work at Walmart. Right. Yeah. That is not the conversation we can have. So live live like you're gonna be gone tomorrow, but plan like you're gonna be around to a hundred at least. They they the scientists are all saying, if we believe in science anymore, the scientists are yeah. saying uh, the first person to live to 150 is alive right now. That is crazy. I don't, I don't know who it is, but somebody out there is going to, right? And we're living longer and longer and longer. And so you have to plan that, hey, look, you know what? 
my retirement's not going to be one year or five years like my dad. What what was Mickey Mantle's old saying? If I had known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's how you have to really think about it. Which again, in a general, you know, in generally speaking, most advisors out there, your typical advisor is not planning like that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, folks, the the other thing too is with the income analysis that Tom and I do is we want you to spend money early in retirement. Oh, yeah. We want you to to do that, but we want to be able to systematically track and say, okay, hey, even if you're spending this much money, we understand that money will taper off because, you know, as you get to to being in your 80s, you, you, you're just not going to want to travel as much anymore. It's going to be harder. And so, you, you know, some expenses will be reduced there, but, you know, we want you to live your life, but to truly have peace of mind. And, and you mentioned it and really... To put that, you, we're going to change the wording on what you're talking about, you know, living living forever or dying tomorrow, Tommy. Our mentor, David Gaylor, another one of our, our mentors, right. he had the quote, and it's a quote that both of us have taken into our practice is, we need to income plan as if you're going to live forever and estate plan as if you're going to die tomorrow. Right. And guess what, folks? If you income plan, you live forever, and you do live till you're 100, it's better to die with money than live without. Absolutely. And you want to have that assurance. And guess what? Unfortunately, if you were to die a little bit sooner or 10 or 20 years sooner than we planned for, then you blessed your children. But you still lived the life. We still wanted you to live the life that you dreamed of in retirement. So that's income planning. Right. So what's the, Ed Slot always says, well, one, he says, he says lots of things, right? But uh, the, the section in the internal revenue code is the least utilized, but greatest loophole. And my philosophy, our philosophy, I think, John, you feel the same way is we want our clients to spend all of their money in retirement. What we're, what we suggest is that you leave the kids life insurance, Mm-hmm. Because you're getting that on di- at discounted dollars, and they will end up getting it tax free. Yeah. So, and you're not discounting. You you're not discounting your lifestyle because going back not to what Tom, Tom Hegna always says, right? If you want to leave some money, buy the life insurance and leave them the money, and then live your life. Because what happens? And and I always get a chuckle out of my clients, but it's true, right? You. You want to leave some money and you're always worried about leaving, not leaving enough to your kids. So Mm -hmm. you don't join the country club. You don't go on the cruises. You don't buy, you know, the sailboat. You die. Your kids join the country club. They go on the cruises and they buy the speedboat. Right. So while you're eating, while you're eating the Alpo and then they buy and then they get the filet mignon. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So again, I, I hate to be crude, but yeah, no, it's true. So income plan, you want your income plan to be efficient. You want it to be predictable, sustainable, right? That is more important uh, than a return on investments. Let's talk now, right? So let's go to the second part of of David Gaylor's quote there. Estate plan is if you're going to die tomorrow, right? And Tommy, you said it, right? Only God knows the plan, right? The, Mm -hmm. The end date. When you die, are 
your assets going to pass to the people you want them to? Or are they going to pass to the IRS and to the probate attorneys and to the creditors and to, you know, people perhaps you didn't want it to? Mm-hmm. And is your wealth going to just be, you know, essentially destroyed or spent down in two years by bad financial decisions from whoever inherited the money? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people don't want to pay for trust, Tommy. They don't want to pay $3,000 because that's a lot of money. And, you know, I tell people that money is only an issue when it doesn't deliver value. Right. Well, speaking in California, and I'll let you speak in, in Jersey, probate costs are about 4 to 5% of your estate. So, you know, you have a couple million dollars. You're, you're, looking, you're looking at 40, 30, 40 grand in probate costs. You could have 10 trusts written for that, Tommy. Right. So, you know, understand that the attorneys are going to get their monies, their money one way or another, right? Work with the attorney you chose that you trust to do a good job and make sure they're not doing a cookie cutter approach. Don't get a $700 trust because it's garbage in, garbage out. You pay for what you get for. Right, those Susie Orman trusts are not gonna work. Yeah. Okay, the Dave Ramsey trusts are not gonna work because they're not client specific. They're just generalization pieces of paper that are not uh, focused on what your goal and objectives are. Now, I can say Jersey is probably one of, if not the best state to die in. We have lots of other problems, but if you die, right, the probate process in New Jersey is very simple. Uh, You don't need an attorney and there's really no cost. There's, we'll say minimal costs that are associated with it. So we don't have the same problem that you have out there in California on that end. But the bottom line is, if you don't have your documents in place, then the state gets to decide how your things are going to get divvied up. And I don't remember ever a law being passed or legislation being passed that favored you and I, as opposed to favoring the government itself. So who do you want to decide? Do you, do you want to decide who gets your Tiffany uh, watch or your Gucci luggage or your IRA? Or do you want the government to decide that for you? Yeah. And, you know, again, people get a trust and then they think, okay, we're good. We're good. We got to trust. fund it. Yep. You got to fund it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we got a trust. Okay. When was the last time you reviewed the trust? Oh, when we wrote in 2005. Folks, if you've gotten your trust, the laws change all the time, right? You need to be reviewing your trust at least every couple of years, right? In, 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 in our practice, I, I go try to do it every 18 months. And, you know, 2020, the SECURE Act flipped estate planning on its head. So if you haven't had your trust reviewed since 2020, you've got to do that. Um, you know, the other things, Tommy, right. And, and we've talked about this. What if, uh, you know, the, the old joke, little Johnny, right. He's always the butt of all the jokes. 
the little Johnny jokes. Well, what if little Johnny um, was your prize son back in 05, but now he's, uh, he's got issues, whether it's health issues or, or he's just got serious life issues. And um, he's your power of attorney in your healthcare directive. And you don't even, you haven't talked to him in a decade. But that's who's going to be calling the shots if you're, you know, in a, in a dire situation because you never updated your trust. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or, or what if your, your child, you know, got a job in Japan? Can they truly be your power of attorney? You know, yeah. clear across the ocean. So those are some other things. And then the big thing, and Ed Slot talks about this all the time. You know, the most important estate document is what, Tommy? Your beneficiary document. Right. Your IRA. And how often are you reviewing those? Do you have primary? Oh, I, I can't even tell you how many times this year alone, I, I probably at least a half dozen people have come in and showed me 401k or IRA statements or even life insurance statements that have their deceased parent. Uh, their deceased sp- um, brother or sister as the primary beneficiaries. They don't even have their wife or their kids as the contingents. So, or even first, worse, they have their ex-spouse. Ex- yeah, even worse. First line of defense: check your beneficiary documents. That's how. I mean, really, that's how Ed Slot got his big start. Was he was one of the first people to say, "Hey, look at all this." All this, all these problems that people are having with their their um, qualified assets, most of the problems could be solved by simply checking your beneficiaries' uh, documentation and making sure that the people who you want to get your money get it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, and that's the name of the game, folks. I mean, having a trust, having your beneficiary documents—you don't know how much money you're saving, and. You know, you can still have control, but you have to focus on it. And, you know, once you get set up, you know, just like with anything, getting started, it's it's the hardest thing. But once you get set up, simple reviews and then some minor adjustments along the way. And, you know, then you're going to control and retain the money you worked so hard for all those years. And it's going to be retained to your wishes and in your family, not the attorneys, not the creditors, not the government. Right. So, Tommy, we're now coming to the end. I want to talk about one last topic, and and it's going to be because everyone loves it. So we're going to talk about that other 80, 80%. But under, look, this is the end of the show. We're getting to investments. And, you know, uh, you said it first you know, uh, with the risk lies where people are far more aggressive than they need to be. Or know they are. Yeah. And like I tell people, my job is not make to make you rich. My job is to take the wealth you've accumulated over your 30 or 40 years and make sure we efficiently get you to the finish line. And then pass on wealth. We don't. We always want to pass on wealth. That that's because that means we did our job. I mean, look, I, on a human level, isn't one of our responsibilities to make the world a better place for the people that come after us? 
Yeah. So, so I, I never understood the, the mentality and I, I'm sure again, hate mail will come and people may not want to work with me because of the statement, but I, I don't understand the mentality of people who say, well, I fed them. I gave a, I gave them a roof over their head and I paid for their college. I'm done now. Is that what your parents said to you? Is that what your grandparents said to your parents? No, our, our, our moral and ethical obligation is to make the world a better place. And if that means, hey, leaving $10,000 to your kid might be more than you got, but then isn't that a step forward? I'm sure we're going to get hate mail. Well, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Um, that's okay. And even if you're not leaving it to your kids, right? Um, you know, Leave I had it to one, a charity. one client that, you know, things changed. The spouse died and, you know, and, and the focus is, Hey, we're going to leave a lot of our qualified retirement money to charity. Uh, so, you know, that's, it's just, it's focusing on the bigger things and, you know, investments, number one folks, unless you're, you're getting, you know, they're there for a reason, mostly for income and for dividends, retirees don't focus on stocks, right? Be diversified. Understand that mutual funds are expensive and they really should not be in non-retirement accounts because of those phantom capital gains, capital gains that you're paying taxes on for not even taking a distribution, not even using the money and you're or, paying taxes or, on it. Right, or you're, you're paying a tax on that phantom distribution and the value of your account went down because the market went down. Yeah. And, you know, Tom mentioned earlier in, in the show was sequence of returns risk. You know, folks, you can't go. And a lot of people saw this last year. Last year, even if you had a diversified portfolio, which, again, you know, 85% of the portfolios I see are not properly diversified. They're not properly academically diversified. I've seen people come in with million dollars and they've had two mutual funds. You have to be diversified across all sectors, value, growth, international, small cap, mid cap, you know, bonds. Yes, sometimes you still, there's certain bonds you can actually utilize to your advantage, even in today's environment. And diversified doesn't mean that you have your money in some type of dated retirement fund, right? That's yeah. not diversification. And diversification is not hey, uh, my IRA and my wife's IRA have 10 different holdings, but they're the same 10. Yeah. That's not diversification. Yeah. So you want to have, have different investments. And Tom, I'll, we'll wrap up on this. It's your retirement. It's your portfolio, right? Whoever's developing it, whether it's yourself or your financial professional, the goal should be to tailor that portfolio to what you want to achieve. Exactly. What you want your money to do for you. Right. Therefore, yes, it's always it's always good to get, you know, um, you know, hey, what are you what are you doing? All right, Tommy and I do that all the time. But Tommy and I have also found out that, you know, what may work for some people, for some financial advisors in Georgia doesn't work for people in California or New Jersey, right? Everyone's mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. Your portfolio is not your brother's, your sister's, or your best friend's portfolio. Right. 
right? Your portfolio. Or your brokers. Yeah, or your brokers. Even better, right? Your portfolio should be geared to you and to your goals and your values. And the best portfolio is a portfolio you can stay the course through good or bad times and a portfolio that allows you to do what you want it to do, and that is to have a happy retirement. Hence, what is the name of our podcast, Tommy? Retire Happy from Coast to Coast. That's right. So, Tom, I think we should just wrap it up on that. I mean, we went a cool hour. Yeah. You know, my tagline on all my social media posts is, uh, your retirement, your way. And that's what it has to be, folks. It's not about me. It's not about John. It's not about, as John said, your brother, your sister, your best friend, your person you play canasta with or hit softballs with or whatever it is. It's about you. Yep. And thus, that's how it needs to be structured. Yeah. So. All right. Well, Tommy, that was a great show. I, I mean, sorry, folks. You got an hour. You got an hour of us just put, putting our hearts into it. We don't get to talk that much, right? <laughs> no, we, we, we answer a couple. We ask a couple of questions and we let people roll with it. So we were like we, pent up. Yeah, we actually were supposed to ha- do an interview today. Uh, and that and that interview had to get postponed uh, at the last minute. And so you're kind of just hearing us riff. Yeah. And boy, what a riff. Yeah. But hey, you know what? You know, we come back and, you know, we, I, I come back from a conference. I know Tommy does, no matter how yeah. many years we've been doing them. And, you know, going, going, you know, taking time away from our family, paying, you know, to travel and all that. But you, you come back fired up, come yeah, back fired up. So, um, folks, well, uh, appreciate you spending an hour of your time to listen to us. We hope we pass wisdom on to you. Um, but you know, the biggest point we want to end with too is not taking action is making a decision to stay where you're at and procrastinating, right? There, there is no tomorrow. We have to act on it. You have to take action and you have to start addressing the concerns for you to truly retire happy. So, um, that's going to wrap it up. Our series that we're going to be moving into folks is going to really uh, kind of go back to what we did last fall, where it was really non, not a financial topic. We're going to be talking about your health and ways for you to take care of yourself because the only way you're going to retire happy also is if you're healthy. And we talked about money today. Your health and your money are directly correlated. So we're going to start a new series. We're going to be talking about some mental health and some physical health, ways to take care of yourself So you can retire happy from, Tommy? The Retire Happy Podcast from coast to coast. That's right. All right, folks. So until the next time, we hope you retire happy and live well. Take care. It's easy to get in touch with John and Thomas. If you're more on the West Coast, give John a call at 858-935-6210. That's 858-935-6210 or go online to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. If you're more of an East Coaster, then call Thomas, 973-394-0623. That's 973-394-0623 and online at internationalfinancial.com. That's internationalfinancial.com. 
And you can, of course, always just check the description or the show notes section of today's show for all that contact information. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps, and we'll see you next time on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM, Securus Financial, and International Financial Advisory Group are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Iamarino, Thomas O'Connell, and guests on this show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subjects covered.